taking forever. <laughs> hey everyone, Mr. Devil here, Kenny Danico, three-time Stanley Cup champion of the New Jersey Devils, and you're listening to the Uncle Puckers New Jersey Devils podcast with Chris, Dan, Bobby, and Tony, the Uncle Puckers. Let's go Devils! Then you can clean all that up in post, as they say, right? Sure. <laughs> all right. Thank you guys for checking us out. We are the Uncle Puckers, Chris, Dan, Bobby, and Tony, uh, part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Uh, so, guys, just did a cool-ass interview with Mr. Jim Dowd. What would you guys think? Oh, amazing. So nice having Jim Dowd on with us. What I a mean, nice guy, right? He's, yeah. you know, not only like a hockey legend, New Jersey Devil legend, but he's so local, Ocean County, where we are based, and um, – it's just a, it was a real treat to have him in today. It really was. Yeah, it, so, it was, it was know, a real pleasure to have him again. I mean, yeah, you know, you, know, you learn just just from listening to the interview. Um, just just a total team guy. Just a loyal guy. He was loyal before he went to college. He was loyal to his high school. Um, just just a fantastic guy and a great interview. So. Love yeah, to see what the family say about that. He was this. so down to earth too, you know. Like we've when you're dealing with him, you didn't feel like you know he just was just fit in perfectly. He was just really. Great guy. Yeah, I was really interested in the part where, you know, he was talking about when uh, other organizations when he was in high school that were trying to poach him and how he was very much, you know, he was brick and that was it. And how his dad handled, you know, people that called the house and stuff. I thought that was that was pretty cool. But yeah, really old school. Loyalty. Yeah. 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 Yes, definitely. And that was just an awesome time having him on. Uh, I hope to do it again. So it was really awesome. Yeah, me and Dan were talking Tony, about. Sorry, I was by Bobby. No, go ahead, Bobby. I was gonna say Tony and I. Tony and I were talking a little bit off that we we really only spanned really uh, eighty six to ninety five. We only barely touched on uh, everything else after that. There's just so much, so much to talk I about. Know. You know, one of the things I didn't get to say is we we did talk about um, the goal. You know, the goal. You know, game two. Everybody knows that Jimmy Dowd scored the game winning goal in game two of the Stanley Cup Finals, but I didn't get a chance to tell Jimmy that we're forever linked. Because so I think what a lot of people don't know, I'm sure he knows, is that the date of that game two was June twentieth. And the reason I know this is because a mere three or four hours before he's off scoring a game-winning goal in the Stanley Cup Finals, I bought my first legal six-pack, brought it over to Chris's house so we could watch this game. So in a way, in the basement and watch. In a way, me and Jim share like a defining moment of our lives on June twentieth. He he would have been so amazed to hear that story. I I just such a. Was trying to find a time to get in, but I know he's going to listen to because he had such a good time. That's like they call kismet. Kismet, I think. Yeah, no, and I, so. we were talking about too. Me, I think it was me and Dan were saying that with a guy like with Jim Dowd, you know, this guy lasted over seven hundred games in the NHL, and that is, you know, that's that's not an easy feat. You know, he played with a lot. Yeah, of I never teams, looked up but... what the average career is, but it's he had a, a longer than average career. It's not seventeen years. That's for yeah. Sure. I mean, I mean you fans to get able... to think that they play for a long period of time, but that's not the average player. No, and he's he's well over the average. I mean, this dude, like yeah. you said, he had to adapt. He had to make his way onto each team. I mean, talks a little bit about it. How you know, getting back down to the minors and that being a kick in the nuts, and you know how this dude fought to get back up. So it really, I mean, this dude. Nothing kept him down. It didn't matter that he was playing hockey in New Jersey where nobody was looking for fucking hockey players. Not that he was drafted by a team at the time that was not very good. I mean, talk about grinding your way into a a position of just being a respectable, well, like this dude was just, if you had Jim Dowd on your team, you knew that that position that he was in was locked down. 
Like he was yep. just a coach's dream. Did whatever you asked and just busted his ass for you. Yep. Really awesome dude. I he never let an too. opportunity pass to take right. full advantage of it. Yeah. You know, You're right. Obviously, it's it's well documented that we are podcasters of a certain age, right? A little bit older than most of the people that are doing this, and we tend to have a history with you know the the, the teams, the strong teams, in the '90s and stuff, and um, people talk about that. So we couldn't have had a better guest to help kind of come in and and you know define what it was like back then, you know, compared to now. And uh, I mean, first of all, we couldn't have had a better guest anyway, just being from the same county and everything. That's just. Yeah, that was just a perfect way to, to start off our, our first major celebrity. But, um, yeah, people are going to learn a lot um, from this and the way hockey was. I'm, I'm really excited for this to get out there. Yeah. And he'll be back. You know, he'll definitely be back. But speaking of, uh, you know, Stanley Cup champion Devils, uh, just a shout-out for a meet-and-greet for two-time Stanley Cup champion Mr. Randy McKay. That is at the Garden State Trading Car Show, Saturday, September 12th at 2 p.m., um, that's on 350 Lightning Way in Secaucus, New Jersey at the La Quinta Inn and Suites. $30 per autograph, $50 for a combo autographed and photo op. That's the Garden State Trading Card Show Saturday, September. Oh, I'm sorry, I got the date wrong. September 9th from 12 to 2 p.m. Two-time New Jersey Devils Stanley Cup champion Randy McKay will be there. So definitely head on down there. If you're in the neighborhood, check it out. Get a picture taken with Mr. McKay. And maybe one day we'll get him on the show as well. Yeah, yeah, if I anybody mean, wants to pick up a picture signed for Pucker Bob, I'll give you fifty for it. So, <laughs> oh, that's a good deal. <laughs> that's fifty dollars coming your way. We, for everybody who does that, you're going to give out fifty dollars. No, no, each, I want each one. one. That's a lot it's of money. Thirty dollars. It's thirty dollars for the autograph. He said it. It's now a written contract. <laughs> well, we'll see how many people email us about that. So, <laughs> Tony probably leads he... all of us in memorabilia, though, right? Tony, you got like well, so me and much. Bobby, me and Bobby were just talking about this too before you guys came on. That we're like, as you get to a certain age, you kind of lose like. I don't know. It's like uh, you have this – like I have some game you stuff like devil's jerseys and sticks that I like kind of cherish. But like as far as autographs, you kind of get a little uh, – right, right, Bobby? We were just talking about It's a man's signature at some point. You know, I, I went through that collector's phase oh, yeah. right after college and I do You're cherish You're trying to get Ryan Graves' jockstrap signed for <laughs> yeah. you. Oh, I have that. Uh, Tony and I, you know, just, just to tease that, out. Chris. Isolate we're that. <laughs> we're going to get uh, – once we no, start picking up some momentum here and get some proof of uh, of our fans coming, I think we got some giveaways that we could talk about later in the season, perhaps yeah, uh, that, before a playoff run next year. I've got some items that, that we can put up for bid. Or, that or that would cool. be awesome. Start, and wow, another thing to look to look forward to, we're still working out the kinks, so this is not set in stone. But at some point, we would like to actually have like a live stream or something that we do directly after playoff games, where we can kind of hop on, you know, whether it be YouTube or wherever. We got to work out the details, um, but that's in the works right now. But I want to ask you guys: Did you hear about the PWHL, the Professional yes. Women's Hockey League? Yeah, I heard that. Uh, yeah. It's kind of like a original reboot of the you the, the defunct one that ran a couple of years ago. Yeah, this one seems like it's in much stronger hands. Um, That's they, good. They announced the six original teams that'll be playing. I guess this season they're going to start. Is that how our local are team is? What the... six? Well, they, they have it kind of in the New York tri-state area. They called it like New York, New Jersey, Connecticut area. I don't know where they're going to be playing or what the team name is going to be, but that's one team. Boston has a team. St. Paul, Minnesota has a team. And then there's three Canadians in Montreal, Toronto, and, Ont- and Ottawa. So that should be pretty cool. Three American teams, three Canadian teams. Um, they were talking a little bit on XM about it today, and uh, they were saying, like, you know, trying to get things where, like, say, in Toronto, they have the – 
Toronto women's team play an afternoon game. Maple Leafs playing later. They say they do that a lot with the Marlies and the Maple Leafs, so they'll try right. to intertwine them. And uh, that should be pretty cool. I'm actually yeah. looking forward to that because a lot of those women, man, you say what you want, but they can play hockey. Sure can. Yes, I would love to check that. I think our local team from the last league was called the Riveters, you know, like the Rose was Riveters. It? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, but oh, I like, never did, they did they make the, it out right? to see well, a game. Did it have like the World War II woman that, that as the? Uh, the I'm the trying logo, to remember you know? the logo. It might it may have well featured something like that, or even a rivet gun. I can't remember. Look, Jack Hughes' gotcha. mom played for what USA? Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah, I didn't know that. That's yeah. pretty awesome. But so, is there anything that you guys want to touch on now, or should we just hop on into the Jimmy Dowd interview and give the people what they want? Yeah, I think I think listeners are really going to enjoy it, and and you know. If you're listening to this podcast, and especially if you're from New Jersey, you're going to really find it. I don't know. I hate to like overdo it, but it, he's got an inspirational story. I think we were just yeah, talking about before we hopped on. You know, they made a movie out of like Vinnie Papale and stuff with it, but he didn't like you know walk on and then do 17 years in the league. I mean, right. this is an amazing story of success from a local guy. So you're going to love this. Yeah. yeah, it was. And it really was. You're right. It was inspirational. Uh, he's a great guy and he'll definitely be back on the show. So without further ado, guys, stay tuned. We have to do a little housekeeping, a little shout out to our advertisers. And then we will get right into the Jimmy Dowd interview. So for the Uncle Puckers, Chris, Dan, Bob and Tony, we'll see you after the interview. Yo. Hey there, college football fans. Week one is upon us, and DraftKings Sportsbook is hooking Uncle Pucker listeners up with a can't-miss offer to start the season strong. This week, new customers can bet just $5 on college football and score $200 in bonus bets instantly. Anything can happen in college football. Your team can go from unranked to dynasty mode just like that. Change comes fast. The only thing that's a lock is the great offers from DraftKings Sportsbook. Life's more fun when you're in on the action. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code THPN. New customers can score $200 in bonus bets instantly when they bet just $5 on college football. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario, ccdkng.co slash football for eligibility. Terms and responsible gaming resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Chris here for Raycon Wireless Earbuds. Now we've all been there. You pay an arm and a leg for a pair of premium earbuds only to find that the only thing premium about them was their price. That's why the Uncle Puckers only use Raycon Wireless Earbuds. Whether you're relaxing at the beach, listening to your favorite summer playlist, or catching up with your favorite hockey podcast at the gym, Raycons are the best way to listen. Raycons have tap functions to easily toggle between three customizable sound profiles like noise isolation and awareness mode. They come with custom gel tips for the most comfortable in-ear fit. 
a 32-hour battery life, including 8 hours of playtime, so you can listen to what you want, when you want, for a really long time. And they start at half the price of other premium audio brands, but they sound just as good. And with the 30-day happiness guarantee, you really can't lose. So what are you waiting for? Create your own soundtrack with Raycon. Right now, Uncle Pucker listeners can get 15% off their Raycon order at buyraycon.com slash THPN. That's buyraycon.com slash THPN to save 15% on Raycons. Buyraycon.com slash THPN. All right. Well, we just want to thank everybody for checking us out today. We have a super special guest. Uh, this guy's name is synonymous with hockey and the state of New Jersey. He played professionally for 17 years. He will forever have his name etched in the greatest trophy in all the sports, New Jersey native and Stanley Cup champion, Mr. Jim Dowd. All right. Nice, thanks. <laughs> if you should have been my agent, I'd still be playing. Yeah. <laughs> so, so seventeen years in the league, man. Like, what does a, a what does Jim Dow do now? What's your, what's your day look like now? Um, you know what? I'm busier than ever. So I tried the retirement thing when I was done. Oh seven, oh eight was my last year with the Flyers. You know, people from Jersey are still pissed off at me about that one. <laughs> We're gonna work, slide. man. Yeah, I was forty years old, but uh, and then uh. Did nothing for a couple of years, which is a recipe for disaster. I went right to coaching my boys. I've been mar- just saying I've been married for 27 years. I have two boys. I had some offers to coach right away as soon as I was done. A couple of different organizations, but you know what? I played for 17 years. My wife was a trooper. My two boys had just started playing hockey, so you know I started coaching them. And uh, after two years of really doing nothing, I got into. I've been into nutrition heavily, so I have a nutrition company for nine years now. And uh, I do performance mindset coaching, actually, for youth athletes. Oh, you know, what exactly is performance mindset coaching? What is yeah, it? Yeah, just kind of just getting people mentally ready? and Yeah, so uh, I'm a certified axiology practitioner, which is actually the study of values. And uh, jimdowd.com is the site for that. So I basically do nutrition and performance mindset coaching and also do camps and clinics, you know, out of the Middletown and Ice Palace Rink and Brick. The palace is back up. Well, I was going to ask you about that. It has had some rough yeah. times. We're all Ocean County guys, and that yeah, rink you know was it. everything for hockey, and you were everything for that rink, to be honest. And and it you know basically shut down for a while. So now it's back. Yeah. Are they going to be hosting uh, their own teams again? Yeah, well, what, what's going on is uh, Brick High School's there. We're probably going right. to get the Brick Hockey Club back there, hopefully, you know, mm-hmm. if that works out. And then just doing camps and clinics. You know, and uh, out of Middletown and out of Brick. Right. Um, yeah. You just finished great. a camp, didn't you, Jim? Yeah, yeah. I do camps and clinics. I got a pretty good gig with those guys. They're great. I could do camps and clinic whenever I want. And, you know, I still enjoy doing that. You know what I mean? And uh, I help out, like I said, with the local New Jersey Titans organization there. Those guys have been great to me. That's where my boys play AAA. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, nice. Awesome. Nice. And, uh, you know, that's it. You know, just. Um, just enjoying life, but working hard. I'm busier now than ever, and I love it. You know, again, I, I literally tried. I, I retired, did nothing for a couple of years. It was a recipe for disaster. Mm-hmm. Right. First six or seven months was good, but after that, like, you realize, you know. And I just live normal, but you're you're spending money. You're not doing anything. I was just coaching my boys, so you know. But mentally, it was one of those, you know, no goals, no nothing. So, but I'm in a great space right now. Again, my wife and I have been married for 27 years. My oldest son's playing at Penn State. He's a senior. My youngest son's going into. ASU was a freshman, so nice. 
So lots of great things happening on my end. Well, maybe we'll see some more Dowds in the NHL at some point. <laughs> yeah, they love it. They're into it, you know. That's yeah. awesome. Just now, not the Flyers. And I'm still – I'm actually still <laughs> back in the fold with the Devils too, doing some alumni stuff. So That's awesome. You know, That's I great. I did that for a while with Lou, you know what I mean? For And then uh, uh, I was so busy that I really couldn't do anymore, but I've been back in the picture the last year or two. That's that's really cool. Now, like, who were you a fan of as a kid professionally? Like, was there any team that you watched? You know what? Growing up in Brick, I mean, you know, if anything, I, I never really had a, a, a favorite team. But if anything, you know, we rooted for the Rangers, right? You know, the Yankees, whatever. But the Devils moved to Jersey when I was 13 in 1982. So I guess, all right, we didn't have any baseball, football, basketball. Now we got hockey. I guess I'll be a Devils fan. But right. it didn't really matter to me. But, uh, you know. And then five years later, I mean, that was 82. Then what night, five years later, I'm getting drafted by them. And right. like insane, you know what I mean? So, um, but if anything, and since 94, I hate all New York teams. So, you know. <laughs> good. Yeah, <that's laughs> good. We've always hated all New York teams. So that's yeah, just where know. we are. So, okay. So let's talk a little bit about then, you know, you get drafted by the Devils. You play, you know, your four, your four years at uh, Lake Superior State, you know, NCAA champion, tons of awards tons of records. I mean, you blew it up there. Then you come in and you're playing for Robbie Futurek down in the AHL. Now, Robbie Futurek, kind of a bit of a polarizing guy in devil lore, you know, when he was uh, the head coach for a while and how he unceremoniously got fired in 2000. But what was it like playing for Robbie Futurek? You know what? Actually, my, my, uh, he, I, I love them. He was great. My right. first year though, my first year, 91, 92, Herb Brooks was the head coach. Oh, oh wow. Herb's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it was that was uh, we had about, I guess, eight or nine of us that panned out from the 87, 88, 89 draft. And we all signed at the same time. And Lou brought Herb in to Utica, New York. No assistance, no nothing. Just Herb Brooks, man. And it was great. I mean, getting sent down to the minors, I'm like, all right, I'm going to play for Herb Brooks. I mean, the yeah. Devils were loaded at center, you know? Right. Yeah. Down there, played for him that first year. Tom McVee was the head coach of the Devils. Right. And right. it was a funny story, man. They hated each other. It was hilarious. You know what I mean? Really? Right. Uh, but Herb was great. You know, I got one game up my first year, and then, you know, I was leading scorer down there for Herb. Then then McVee got fired. Herb took the job, and then Robbie came in my second year in Utica. Okay. But Robbie was great, man. I loved him, man. He was in another American guy. I mean, Herb Brooks, obviously, yeah. American. Robbie Pekorek, you know, Robbie It's got to be crazy, you know, playing for Herb Brooks on an average game. Like, are you half expecting, like, a, a famous Herb Brooks speech, like a miracle on ice, like, oh, just for that average oh. game, you know? Yeah. It's got to be wild. Mean? He was exactly like he was in the movies, man. He was so far ahead of the game, though. He was doing stuff back then that how hockey is now. He was so far ahead of the game, you know. He was he was ahead of his time. He was That's awesome, and he was in Utica by himself. I mean, you guys ever been to Utica, New York? No, yeah. no. You know what I mean? Like he was only coming to Utica for one year, you know. But uh, he would sit and tell stories. I mean, he he was great, man. He was, uh, and he was Herb Brooks, you know. Yeah, um, right. Legend, like, legend. Actually skating. Passing, shooting drills, tons of conditioning, and he was like legs feed the wolves, all that stuff. Right. You know, he, you know, in, in the movie, what did he say? You know, uh, you know, you look like a monkey screwing a football. You know, right. Right. you look like a monkey fucking a football out there. Exactly. What are you doing? You know, right. That's right. But he was great, man. He, I got a great story about him too. So that was my first year. Then my second year, he's the head coach of the Devils, mm-hmm. and I get one game up my second year. They were loaded again. I go back down. I'm leading scorer. Then my third year is when Lemaire came in, and then Herb went to the Pittsburgh Penguins organization. That's the year that Lemaire's the one that got me to the NHL full time. You know, he really loved me, and 
you know, I just kept progressing. And I scored my first goal in my first game that year against the Quebec Nordiques. And less than a week later to my house in Brick, New Jersey, right. I get a letter, a, a handwritten letter from Herb Brooks congratulating me on my first NHL goal. Wow, what awesome. a class guy. That's, that's great. Oh, man. It was great. I still I still got it saved, you know. Sure. Was, and, Jim, you beat J- Jocelyn Tebow, didn't you, your first goal? Yeah, Jocelyn Tebow. Jocelyn Tebow. Tebow. Yep, right and that was the you know? game that Mike Peluso got injured when he yep, uh, fell, hit his head. Tony, Tony Twist. Yeah. 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 yeah, that was the same yep. game. Yep. And Andy, Andy Moog was in goal. Yeah, yeah, yep. And uh, but going back to Robbie Fatorik, he was great, man. I mean, I, I I loved him. You know what I mean? He was uh, he was great. He would play three on three after he was all. I mean, he was. Yeah. I mean, I listen, loved. He, I liked I, Robbie. He, I, he, you know, everybody knows you know, he benched Wayne Gretzky stuff like that. Right. right. <laughs> his balls, that, he got that takes. That takes balls. I like that. Yeah. You know but, why you bench Wayne Gretzky now, don't you? Oh, I, I could don't think, think of a million that. reasons, but oh. why? No, because he, he broke his stick on the bench. Really? Wow. Yeah, he broke his stick. Okay. He, he wasn't into it, but that, obviously that doesn't go over too well. You know, I remember right? a time when Robbie threw the bench onto said. the ice. <laughs> you don't break <laughs> sticks on the bench. You, you throw know, the like, bench. Yeah, you throw the whole fucking guys, bench. You, there's certain guys you can bench for certain things, and he's <laughs> not one of them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> now, I mean – that's got to be mind blowing. Then you come up and you're playing, you know, in front of, you know, Jock Lemaire and Larry Robinson, like these two friggin' legends up there. Like that's yeah. mind blowing, man. How was that intimidating at all? Or were you just like, oh, I'm a kid crazy. and I'm going to blow, just do my best here. Yeah. You know what, what, you know, when you, you know, in life, when you, you think you could do something, but as opposed to, you know, you can do something. Like I look back on my whole career cause I'm doing this performance mindset coach now for a while, you know, and nutrition, all this, I look back on my first couple years, you know, I had a really good camp my rookie year. I mean, my first year got sent down, only got one game up, came back the next year, had another great camp, got sent down. And then, but my third year, I knew I was ready for the NHL. I got a great story too, because I still got sent down my third year. They were still loaded. Now, what year was this? 93, 94? 93, 94. Okay. Had a great training camp and I'm getting, it was right at the end. It was the last day. And I was the last one to get sent down. And I'm in the mm. meeting with with Lou, Jacques Lemaire, and Larry Robinson. I'm like, you know, guys, I was like pissed. I'm like letting them know, like, guys, I'm ready to play. Like, I knew I was ready. I had a great camp, but they were still loaded. They had Bernie Nichols at center, Bobby Holy, Corey Millen, you know, and uh, I think Alexander Cimac and somebody, you know, somebody. But I'm like, I was ready to go. And I was just, you know. And they they finally had enough, you know what I mean? I was like, listen, I'm I'm not going to go down with a bad attitude. I'm just, but I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. And finally, Jock Lemaire says, Jimmy, he goes, me and Larry can play exhibition games. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Meaning like exhibition, right? Exhibition, exhibition games and regular Big jump, right. sure, and sure. Like, he wants to let you know, goes, you can't put too much weight in those games. Is that yeah, what yeah. he's doing? Right? So I was just, I said, I, I go, listen, I'm not going down with a bad attitude. Let, just letting you guys know, I'm ready to go. Went down, tore it up. And got called up, and the rest is history. You know what I mean? And uh, yeah, I mean, even from that first call up, you know, you're scoring, you're getting assists in that first game. Yep. Yep. Now, and Jim, you, do you remember your first game score. against Boston? Do you remember how yeah, that felt? First, your first game, my Ray first Borky game ever. Yep, was against Boston, and and I swear that Adam Oates, he, you know, he let me. My first face off was ever it was against Adam Oates in the neutral zone, and I, I swore he <laughs> yeah. let me win it. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. I doubt but, that, uh, dude. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, that was great, though. I mean, especially being a Jersey kid, and 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 you know, I've been telling people for thirty, thirty-five years now. Ever since I went to Lake Superior, there's good hockey players in Jersey. Because back yeah. in the day, 
if I'm 54, if you weren't from Minnesota, Massachusetts, Chicago, or Michigan, they didn't even look at you. Yeah, and well, I absolutely. Now, I mean, you just need one one person could change your life forever. For me, that was Frank Anzalone, you know, at Lake State, him and Jeff Jackson. Right. And but now, if it weren't for those guys, you guys wouldn't even know who I am. If it wasn't for Lake Superior. Frank and the way you took advantage of those opportunities, too. I mean, a yeah. lot of people would have said, yeah, I'm going to take no for an answer. I mean, nobody ever did what you did before you did it. And then, you know, it's kind of yeah. funny. You broke the door down. After that, we got a lot more New Jersey players than we ever did. So oh, I mean, yeah. Like right oh, away. Now people are like, yeah, college coaches call me. Everyone's looking for the next. Like we're turning into a little bit of a hockey hotbed, our area. You know what I mean? The yeah. whole Atlantic District, which is New Jersey, you know, PA, uh, you know, southern New York. It's it's awesome to see. And yeah. Jim, so didn't the first- Devils try to sign you in, uh, what was it, 89, 90? They tried to bring you up and sign yeah, you, they but you tried, tried to stay? After my junior year, they tried to get – because I was drafted in 87 out of Brick High School. And then in, in hockey, they have your rights all through college. So they right. got, you know, tack you and all that. After my junior year, they tried to get me to sign. And I didn't even – it took me, like, less than a second. Like, I loved college. We had already won a national championship. I wanted to go back, try to win another one. I wanted to graduate. I just loved it. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I was in no hurry. I, right. I went back, you know, went back. We had a great year. I graduated. You know, we – uh my senior year, actually, we went 28 straight games without a loss. And we got upset, the quarter, got upset in the quarterfinals. I ended up signing for more money anyway and still started in the minors. You know what I mean? Right. So I don't – it was – and and it still ended up playing for 17 years. There's no rush. I, I, I tell people, even to this day, unless you're going right to the NHL and signing no. that ticket, yeah. there's no sense to even think about leaving. College. You know what's amazing you, about you, your career, though? You've always been like uh, in the leading edge of a, an organization turning it around, becoming a powerhouse. This is true of Brick, New Jersey, if you want to talk about high school hockey. I mean, they really – you put them on the map. And since you left, obviously, they've had some great years since then. And then even Lake Superior. Uh, the, you, uh, by the time you graduate, you got Doug Waite playing with you. It's some big yeah. names that you probably wouldn't have had before you were on that team. I'm not saying it was all you, but you've always been there with an organization. And then you look at the Devils, you know, that's when they came off the mat when you joined them. I mean, your timing is like amazing and you have a lot to do with it. Now, yeah, Brian, you played with Brian Ralston too over in Lake. In Lake yeah. Right? So what happened at Lake State? So, so that was, so Frank Anzalone built that place in a national powerhouse, Jeff Jackson, my freshman year, my senior year of high school, they were just really starting to come on the map. And they got upset in the first round of the playoffs by Ohio State. And I wasn't paying attention to any of this. We came, I came in. We had like uh, 12 freshmen that came in. Nine of us played regularly. And Anzalone was like – he was total right out of Bobby Knight's playbook. Right? Right. <laughs> he did all this crazy stuff, and all, which I loved. I played better for coaches like that. I played okay. better for coaches that were like, hey, get your head out of your ass, Dad. Let's go. Like in your face, all that. And uh, I was just – I got to Lake State at the perfect time. You know what I mean? And then so, – so – the first blue chip recruit we they ever got was Doug Waite. It's because what we did my freshman and sophomore right. year, and then guys started going pro. We won the national championship. We were, you know, my four years there, I think we the worst we were ranked was fourth in the country. And then Jeff and then Jeff Jackson was smart. He brought in Ron Ralston as an assistant coach, and then they brought Brian Ralston in. You know, right? So right. that's how they did because although Doug Waite Ralston, they would normally go to Michigan or Michigan State. Yes. All those mm-hmm. kids. You know, now, then, ninety four, well, you're up there. You're, you know, make your spot. You're in this lineup, and I mean that fucking run in ninety four, and to end the way it did. Like, I just gotta know, <laughs> dude. How much of a like? How long did it take you guys, especially you, to get to to get over it? 
I mean, that just had to be you're up against the fucking hated Rangers. Yeah. Had this, you know, should could a series could have gone in either way. You know, I mean, you're in overtime game seven. Like, what is that like, man, in a game that big? It wasn't that game, man. It was game six that was the worst loss. Well, game ever. six, yeah. That was the Messier you know? prediction bullshit. No, but while even that, if you look back on game six, right, there's 60 minutes in a game for, for 20, for 38 and a half minutes, the Rangers yes. had absolutely nothing going yep. on. We yep. were winning 2 nothing. Yep. They had nothing going on. Yeah, you had them down. Billy, Billy Guerin gets to the red line, goes to dump it in and flubs it, misses the dump in. They get it. They pass it right up to Kovalev. He goes in and scores, makes it two to one with a minute and a half left. We were done after that. We that we it. tightened we tightened up. We were done. Even though we were going into the third period up two to one, they literally had nothing going on to that Kovalev goal, and then we just fell apart. That you know that right. sucked. That was the worst loss of my career. Not even Game Seven because Game really? Seven. Really? What can you do about that? You know what I mean. Now, we, we, it's already a coin flip by the time you get to Game Seven, but Game Six, yeah. you guys had it like in your grasp. Yep. Yup, and then game seven was unbelievable. I mean, you couldn't hear the person next to you during the anthem. That's how loud it was. It was incredible. That game, that series, some people call that one of the best series of all time. Has, I yeah, believe I to this day at 47 yep. years old, that is the greatest series I've ever seen in my life, uh, hands down. The only thing yeah. that would have made it a little better was if the game seven went the other way. But yeah. you know what, though? You know, three cups after the Rangers win their, you know, since they've won. So that's pretty awesome. So did you guys like have that feeling going into 95? Like, I know it was a shortened season and everything, but when you finally got into camp and got the season rolling, was it just like, we got this, we're not going to let anybody fucking stop us from winning it this year. You or know, was it kind of, yeah, probably the best thing that happened. Cause if you, the year before that, you know, the Rangers came first overall, they won the president's trophy. We came right. second overall, mm-hmm. but that year, if you look back on that, we came in sixth. You know, we didn't have a good regular season. You know, we didn't have yeah, game in sixth place. Yeah, you know didn't have I mean? home ice the whole playoffs. Yep. yep, and then we just we just steamrolled. We would just we just caught fire, and the year before obviously helped us. We were healthy, you know, and uh, and the only thing, the only swap really was Bernie Nick, uh, Neil Broughton for Bernie Nichols. Neil Broughton for Bernie Nichols. Yeah, the only the only change there, and and so, we just so deep and so talented, and I mean, people forget too, Chris Terreri. He won yeah. the Boston series for us. That's Marty right. That's right. For some reason, Marty couldn't play against the Bruins. He just played horrible. Now, and they played with- Terreri at Boston. And we remember we went down two games to nothing. Then they put Terreri in. We yep. won four in a row. And then they put Marty back in the rest of the way. Now, was that Terreri, was that just – because from what I remember back then, because wasn't the – Rink at Boston Garden, slightly smaller than most other NHL rinks. And somehow, like, I remember them saying Terreri played great in that rink his whole career. So that's why he got those starts. I mean, look, people forget Chris Terreri was vital to that 95 championship. You know, I mean, he absolutely was. And I remember when you guys won the cup and they had the little parade out there at the, the Meadowlands at Continental outside. And I remember Terreri, I mean, he was probably the most emotional guy up there, man. He was, it was awesome to see him up there, you know, saying what he said. And that was right when we were thinking about devils were going to go to Nashville and all the other bullshit. Yeah. They had the signs. No, no, no to Nashville or whatever. Oh Oh, yeah. That would have been so heartbreaking. Right. Yeah. That was great, though. I mean, it's still the best parking lot for uh, tailgating, too. We actually <laughs> talked about it the other day, like how how much we miss that. I mean, I, the I new love building's the Rockies great. Arena, I love the new building, but, but there's no tailgating. No, the no. only thing that's missing there is the tailgating. Yeah, that was the yeah. best tailgating for concerts, for everything. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I loved it there. I loved yeah, it there. I still call the Brennan Burn Arena, too. Yeah, I do it sometimes, <laughs> yeah. too. 
Uh, so, Bobby, you got anything you want to jump in here? You've been quiet. Yeah, I mean, before we go too far into the career, I'm just I'm really fascinated by uh, you know the kind of the youth side of this because you're about five years older than the oldest of us, which is me, and maybe seven from the youngest. So, and we grew up in the next town. So, watching you on TV was was really something special. But I'm really interested in how like so you won the championship with Brick in '86, right? State championship, national championship, Stanley Cup. And then drafted in 87. So that's just real tight end. When do you like legitimately know I actually have a shot at this? When's it coming to your head? You were obviously a really great hockey player in high school and all throughout, but when does that really legitimize? You know what? When I got a great story too. So I committed to Lake Superior, and that was the only I tell people too. These kids, one person can change your life forever. Again, that was Lake State was the only school that took a chance on me. So it's 1987. You know, you sign your letter of intent your senior year in November. And then the draft's coming around. The 80s, I wasn't even thinking about the draft. And uh, I get a call from my coach, Frank Angelo. He goes, hey, you know, Jimmy, you're probably going to get drafted. I'm like, what? Really? The draft was, you know, wow. t- t- that day or whatever, the day of the draft. I was like, okay. And then I never told anybody this, but. The only team I said to myself, the only team I didn't want to get drafted by was the Devils because I thought it was going to be a charity pick. You know what I mean? Right, you know, right. You know, okay, for sure. Back then there was yeah. there was twelve rounds of the draft, and I'll never forget. I got a call from Marshall Johnston, who was the director of player personnel, because Max McNabb was the GM, and Marshall Johnston was the director of player personnel. He called me at five thirty, you know, and and uh, and said, "Hey, Jimmy, it's Marshall Johnston, you just we just drafted you," and when and he said eighth round. And you guys will get to know me. I'm a, you know, I see the silver lining in everything. I'm a positive guy all the time, right? Sure. And I'm right off the bat, I clicked. I'm, I'm thinking to myself, okay, eighth round out of twelve, that's not a charity pick. So okay, no, not bad. That's, right. that's true. That's <laughs> right. right. And it was pretty cool. I, you know, proceeded to go to a party, have a good time that night. But uh, it was so surreal, and it was pretty amazing that you know they took the chance on me. And you know, I mean, is I'm that just your I'm your own like personal? Yeah, humility it, and being humble that you were like that far ahead of the rest of the class in high school, and it still it wasn't really no, on your forefront of your mind. Or no, no, and and then but going back to the original question here, that that was like an amazing feeling. But my freshman year, when I'm sitting there playing against Michigan State, Michigan, these guys that wow. you know, and you look at some of the guys from the who played there the year before in the NHL, and like these guys that are first and second and third round picks. I'm like, that's when I knew. I'm like, all right, you know what I mean. But I used to sit in my room, you know, in, in one of the houses we lived in in Brick, posters on the wall, visualizing myself, having a poster myself one day. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. But it didn't really hit till my freshman year. And I'm like, all right. You know what I mean? Did this you ever think legit. about playing somewhere besides Brick? Because at that time, Brick wasn't the powerhouse that it became after you were there. And you had the Rockets. You had, you know, uh, the Flyers. But, you know, what made you say, I, I'm, I want to stay with Brick High School? You know what? The uh, pretty funny story. So, um, yeah, back then you had the Rockets up north, you know, and the Little Flyers down south. Yeah. You know, Little Flyers yep. down there. Nothing like it is now, you know. Yeah. And, now you uh, got a bunch. They, those guys, they always they always recruited me. They'd call the house. My father would be like, you know, you know, f off. He's not going anywhere. You know what I, mean? <laughs> I didn't really call. I was just you know growing up playing hockey and baseball. I'm one of seven kids. You know what I mean? You know, and uh, just grew. I, I didn't really care. You know what I mean? Yeah. I just was a rink rat in brick, and I just loved playing hockey. That was my outlet, you know what I mean? Right. And uh, prep schools would call, you know what I mean? They would call, you know, USA, right. you know, all these. I just never left, Yeah. you know? I mean, but, at a, at that time, 
I mean, how scouts were never even, like you said, how, scouts weren't even coming around looking at kids in New Jersey. Like oh, your numbers Minnesota were just so Jersey. fucking far off well, the chart. They had to stop and check you out. You know, yeah. now, you know, because of what you've done and a lot, you know, some guys that come, come after you. Yeah, it is. It is a, a state now that, yeah, you can say proudly that you're from New Jersey. You're not. And you make them you come know? to Ocean County of all places. They're, like you said, they were look, checking out Rockets games. They were checking out, you know, little flyers. But, I mean, they had to come to Brick to check you out. That's pretty amazing. Kind of put it on map. And the the best is, though, Marshall Johnston, he – like, I broke all the – when I was a sophomore, I broke all the records and all that. That's when I really got my notoriety. And and they – and I remember the – Marshall Johnston and Max McNabb – Peter McNabb – not – Dave McNabb, you know, Max's son. And they used to come – they used to – Montclair, when we played Montclair High School, they they came to the games, talked to me after. I'm like, this is pretty cool. You know what I mean? Not thinking anything of it. You know, but uh, yeah, it's a pretty wild story when you really think about it. That's right. awesome. Now, Jim, now, you played on a line that I always think was kind of underrated. You played, I know you were teammates with them, I think, in Utica also. You were with Zelopukin and Garen um, yeah. on that line. I mean, what was the chemistry like for you? Was it just natural from playing with them there? I know, uh, Zelopukin, you know, I always, he was kind of always a mystery to me. You know, I mean, obviously, we all watched him play the 10, 10 seconds against the Rangers to tie the game. I mean, I was just, one of the most amazing moments, of course, followed by what happened afterwards. But what was it like playing on the line with those guys? It just seemed like natural to you guys. Yeah, Zelly was unbelievable. Zelly's one of only three players in the history of the NHL to score 20 goals in one in, in both the American League and the NHL in the yeah. same season. Really? That's crazy. Yeah. Yep. So I didn't know my, that. Yep, Zelly. But uh, it was great. Lemaire was the best, man. But Giacomo was the best coach by far. I, I swear. I still say to this day, if he went to any team in the NHL right now, if they, they're a playoff contender. You give them some talent, they're automatically a Stanley Cup contender. But he would tell us, he'd be like, Jimmy, he goes, Billy, you go to Billy Garen. This is your job, Billy. You go up and down the wing and you shoot the puck and drive the net. <laughs> he goes, you know, Zelly, Jimmy, you get the puck, you get the puck to Zelly, you know, and then to Billy and you stay high. Zelly, you drive the net and go for the – like he just told us, you know, but he it knew, was a he knew what he wanted, line. right? He definitely knew what he the wanted. The best line to play in in the NHL is the so-called third line because nobody's sure. checking you. The first two lines uh-huh. cancel out. I mean, that's a pretty good line. Zelopukin, Garen, and myself. I mean, we just absolutely it was a perfect mixture because Billy yes. Garen had a little bit of everything. You know, he, he had skill for a big tough guy too. You know what I mean? He he had everything. Absolutely. And Zelly, if he didn't get if he didn't hurt his eye, he could have been one of the best players. Zelopukin was awesome, but he had that eye injury. It happened in practice, a little fluky play where, you know, uh, Bruce Driver's stick clipped him in the eye. Oh, and he shit. had to climb down to Houston and drain the blood out of his eye. He was never the same after that. But wow. that guy, he was awesome, Zelopukin. How would you like playing with Bruce Driver? Because I always feel he's kind of underrated. He was, you know, I mean, Driver was a, was a great player for the Devils. Uh, how did you feel about playing with him? I think he's one of the most – I say this all the time one of the most underrated players of his generation. Absolutely. Everything awesome. Nobody talked about Bruce Driver. He could penalty kill. He could power play five on five, four on four, any situation. Great passer. Unbelievable shot from the point. You just had Scott Niedemeyer, Scott Stevens, like like Bruce Driver, man. He would have been a number one or number two D on any other team. I think Bruce Driver could play in today's NHL. He is that type of player. Absolutely. 100%. Uh, Yeah, he was a lot of fun to watch. Uh, We won't have to talk about him going to the Rangers, though. Yeah, everybody. All the, all the <laughs> yeah, I get it. Yeah, who gives a shit? It's a business. It happens. A lot exactly. of our beloved devils. Exactly. You know, Holy Gomez, no, no, they all, no, they all no, had stints. 
What, what was that? I, I, you guys will love this, though. I, I did turn down a two-year deal from the Rangers once. Nobody knows. Oh, that. yeah. Right. Really? <laughs> yeah, some hot takes here. Hey, that tell is us more. awesome. Tell us now, more. Now, why did you turn it down? Better offer? Or were you done? Well, or was so, it because it was the Rangers? It was, uh, well, I had played. I was with the Canadians. Mm-hmm. Had a great run with them. We beat Boston in the first round. I had a great role. We lost to Tampa in the second round. And then that year was going into the lockout year. Right. So okay. they offered, They were one of only a couple teams that were offering contracts, and Maloney was the GM at the time. It was a mm-hmm. shit show in the Rangers. They, it mm-hmm. was like it was probably one of their worst errors. And uh, they offered me a two-year deal, and I knew we were, we were going to miss a whole year, so that would have been the one year. Right. And then the second year, it wasn't it wasn't you know that good of a deal. And I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to wait it out. Yeah. You know. So fair enough. Yeah, man. So that that's you know turn down a contract yeah. from the Rangers. Yeah. That's the Rangers, awesome. right. Right, okay. you are our favorite devil yeah. already. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Jim, we have to ask. So you, well, you were on the ice with Messi. How was it playing against a guy like Messi and them? I mean, because to us watching, I know all of us were so locked into that series. That was like that might have been one of my first real heartbreaks. I think of a, as a Devils fan, like a real deep one. But what was it like playing some against some of those guys on that team that year in '94? Yeah, he's. Uh, I mean, geez, that team was – both of those teams were – I don't think either one of those teams would lose eight games now in the NHL. You're right. Teams from top to bottom are loaded, but he's he's obviously one of the best ever, man. He was just – he was a – him and Scott Stevens were men. Like, they were oh, men. Yeah. Yep. You know what I mean? Like, they don't make them like that anymore. Like, I mean, they obviously do, but those guys – Well, the game has changed so much. You know, the game is Yeah, it's, totally it's just changed. a different game, you know. And then I'll never forget, like they had Kevin Lowe, McTavish, Anderson, Teakin, and Messi, all Bukaboom, all these oh, old Edmonton Oiler guys. Graves, right? I mean, the list right. goes Graves. Oh, list God, goes on. But Messier was like Amante was with them that year too, and Amante. Was no, 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 no. That year after, they, they, they traded Monte for, um, yeah, he uh, for Matteau and Brian Noonan. He was in that oh, Chicago right. deal. Yep. Uh, but uh, yeah, Messier, Messier, just I mean, he's he's Messier. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's a very good player. Obviously, one of the best. One of the best of all time, easily. Now, I, I just want to ask, right? 95, you guys are getting ready to play Red Wings in the finals. Everybody and their mother said, there's no way the Devils are going to beat the Red Wings. They're too loaded. They're, you know, this, that. And how you guys completely just dismantled them in four games. I mean, that was – was that just the mindset that you guys kind of knew? When we play our style, we're bulletproof. We cannot be beat when we play our way. And going into that series with those speedsters on that team, so much offense, and just being able to cancel them all out. And then we can get to game two, a minute 23 left, yeah. and, you know, the game-winning goal yeah. that you scored. Right. But, like, you know, going into that series, did you guys know, like, we play our game. They cannot beat us. <laughs> No, huh? <laughs> the president's trophy. We were, we were, we were, we were scared, but we didn't play scared. You know what I mean? We were. You like, sure as hell didn't look like you were scared. We were just like, we can't let these guys breathe. We gotta, we gotta play our game. We gotta just take it to them. We gotta take it to them, and that's what we did. You know, and we didn't let up for one second. I mean, every single shift of that of, of that whole series, we knew if we gave them an inch, they'd take it. You know, and game I, one, I can't. I can't then, remember a series back then that the Devils looked more confident in than you did against the Red Wings. Like it no, did. I like mean, you say, you guys were were nervous. You sure as hell didn't. Maybe show it was it, that man. healthy no. fear of respect, but you executed that, your plan. Maybe out of that healthy fear, you don't deviate. You just play as hard as you can. Yep. yep. I mean, that team was amazing. I mean, think about it. Our our so called 
you know, I don't like to use worse, but our so-called, you know, what's the word I'm looking for here? Least talented. Abilene. Yeah. Abilene was our sixth defenseman. Let yeah. that sink in. Right. That was yeah, unbelievable. Yeah. He never incredible. made a mistake, and he was our sixth defenseman. He never I can't made a think mistake. of a more stacked defense, really, in, in all the yeah. errors of hockey I've watched. Unbelievable. Yeah. You know, Sean Chambers was a huge pickup. He played incredible. And then, you know, the top four. I mean, Stevens, Niedermeyer, you know, Driver. I mean, yeah, three yeah. line. It was just it was stacked. You know what I mean? And yeah, Neil Cotton was just a perfect fit. You know, I love Bernie. I still talk to Bernie Nichols to this day, you know, but we nice. swapped out Neil for, for – and he fit right in perfectly with John McLean and Lemieux. Yeah, the hell of a playoff too. Oh, he was on Neil Broughton. Yeah, that was, yeah. it was great because he's yeah. my favorite American player of all time. And then he get a chance to play yeah. with him. Not only that, but win a couple of them. He was the best. Yeah. He was great. That's what, yeah, we that's talked why. about that in one of our episodes of uh, underrated players. That Neil Broughton was the second highest scorer in the '95 playoffs for the Devils. Yep. Yeah, nobody he, ever nobody talks talk, about that. Nobody talks about him. He did everything well. He did penalty kill, power play, just like Driver. Nobody talked about yeah. him. Those two guys. Yeah. We don't have them. We that's probably don't win a cup. You know, I think it's uh, interesting that you're focusing on like nutritional aspects and mindset stuff today because I, I had read previously that you feel like you've extended your career by nutritional changes you made along the way. And you kind of came in an era where like nutrition and taking care of yourself wasn't at the level it is today. And it kind of changed during your career. You you changed with it, you know, and I look at today's athletes. They are definitely like from a young age on that. You know, yep. you know, if they're serious, they're all there. They're they're not putting bad stuff in their body anymore. Yeah. But I also wonder, like, do you think like these young guys coming up, they miss out on like the kind of free spiritedness that you might have had, like the team building you get when you go out to the bars and close well, them and stuff listen. from time to time, you know? Nah, let's get one thing straight. That still happens, you know what I mean? You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> it still happens, believe me. It's, but like like when I first came in, 91, 92, there was guys not wearing helmets. You know, Doug Wilson, mm-hmm. McTavish. Craig McTavish, you know, guys, yeah. Guys would, guys would literally smoke in between periods, you know what I mean, out in the hall. This is crazy. And then crazy. right after the game, they would wheel a car to beer in, you know, right. which is like, what's the worst thing for you, beer after a game. And right. then about three to four years, five years into my career, you know, they put the, uh, you know, everyone had a helmet, you know, they didn't have shields, you know. There's a couple guys wore halves, but and nobody really smoked much anymore. And then I remember I played in Calgary, and James Patrick was one of the first guys. He was a health nut. There's right. a reason why I played as long as he did. But my whole health journey, it, you know, people ask me all the time because I have a nutrition business. You know, they want me to tell hockey stories because, I'm, you know, they know me as Jim Dow, the hockey player. It was, you know, I had signed two nice contracts, won a Stanley Cup, was on top of the world. All of a sudden, I got sent back to the minors at 27 years old. You know, when you get sent back to the minors at 27 in Major League Baseball, NHL, you're not getting back. You're done. NFL, right. NBA, there is no minor leagues. I had all these teams from Europe calling us. We couldn't work. didn't have kids yet. We, we had been married for about a year. I said to my wife, honey, I said, listen, let's give it one more year. We don't make it back to the NHL. We're only 27. You know, we'll go over to Europe, play as long as we can and make some good money. I remember Italy was paying huge money back then. You know, we could have went there. But I said, just give it one more year. We were playing in Hamilton, Ontario for Edmonton's farm team. And about a month and a half into that season, like, I was like, what the heck just happened? I went from the penthouse to the outhouse. I was still, I was on my last year of my deal. I was making NHL money, but the money didn't even matter. Right. That's when my wife was doing all this research and uh, wanted to get as healthy as could be. So that's when we got into the whole holistic, organic, all natural way of living and supplements. And we did this eat right for your blood type diet. Mm-hmm. And I said, I'll do anything. I went from a hundred within one month, 30 days. I went from 192 to 182 pounds. I cut out all the BS. I hardly partied at all anymore. 
And uh, I was quicker, stronger, faster. And I spent the next 12 straight years without a day in the minors from 28 to 40. Yeah. That's oh, shit. Yeah. I mean, yeah. th- those and results are clear. Man. You know, you know that yep. that's yeah. the result of what, the changes you made. Yeah, 100%. And now these guys, these kids, I mean, you know, I had two boys. They're so far ahead of us, you know. Right. Yeah. But, but believe me, they, they, they still have their fun. Yeah. You know, it's nothing okay. like it used to be. <clears throat> Excuse me, but, you know, they still have their fun. Well, is, is, is there one thing about you? You always adapted, right? You always, when you played, you always, I mean, I remember you, you getting in scraps with Dallas Drake and all these things. You always kind of fit, like, you, when, as your career changed, like went on, you kind of, like, became, you filled the roles you had to fill, right? To stay, because you, to stay in that long of, in the NHL, you know, it's, it's, a, it's not an easy task. And one thing about you is I think you always seem to f- do what you had to do for that team. Like, you were a very selfish player, non-selfish player, I should say. Yeah, you know what? I had to adjust because when you're not leading score anymore, a lot of guys, so many guys, I look back at my career, <clears throat> 24, 25, 26, if they're not on the top six or not Powell anymore, they're, they, they quit or they'll go to Europe right away. I'm like, you know what? I got to figure out how to fit in here. And I had to readjust my game. And, uh, you know, having success early on in my career, everybody wants a winner. You know what I mean? I mean, went to the conference finals my rookie year, win the Stanley Cup. You know, so people, and then I, I, I became a role player on the third and fourth line, but they knew, you know, I had the skill if the first or second line center got hurt or whatever, I could fill in fine. Mm-hmm. And I had no problem. I just wanted to play in the NHL. I didn't care, you know, right. so, you know, killing penalties, taking faceoffs, and it, it, it was great. I just loved playing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's the bottom line. I tell these kids just, you know, there's the one percenters that are always going to be the leading scorers. When you're not a leading scorer, you got to figure out how to fit in. Exactly. Teams need everything. You know what I mean? I mean, just look at every team that wins the cup. Look at the Vegas' fourth line this year. No, you know exact. I mean? Absolutely. And you have to you have to have four solid lines in this NHL. Yep. You really and do. If you, and if you just can work hard, be a good teammate, that's what I stress to these kids. Work hard, be a good teammate. Every team needs a little bit of everything. And when you're not a leading scorer anymore or you're not a scorer, you gotta figure out how you know what that team needs. Right, right. You know what? What do you, what do you think about this year's Devils team or last season and then going into this year? What do, what's your opinion of this team? Um, you know what? <clears throat> last year, if we were five hundred, we'd be happy. Right, we're oh, house yeah. money all year, definitely. Yeah. You know, yeah. house money. Like, I was like, you know, I remember the first game I went to. I think it was the Nashville game where we we lost in overtime. Lost. Yep. But we were like, I'm like, this team's legit. I'm like, holy cow, this team is definitely legit. Their D's way better than I thought. And they just kept going. They kept going. Uh, they had that little – they got off to a great start, and then we lost like four in a row, and everyone's thinking, okay, here we go. Mm-hmm. And that's when uh, Graves and Marino, the defenseman, what's his name that we got from Marino Pittsburgh? and Ryan Graves. Yeah. Ryan Graves were hurt. Yeah, they were both out. This is around and, December of last they season. Came yep. back, and then they got on another run. I'm like, this team is legit. you know. But this year, you know, I mean – we're not surprising anybody. That's the only thing that scares me is everyone's going to be ready. Yes. You know, but if they just keep their heads on straight and come back to camp with the right mindset, I mean, this team could do some damage. Yeah, they can. You know, I mean, they're deep. They're fast. I, what they did to the Rangers last year, after the first two games, I'm thinking the Rangers are going to sweep them. Oh, we yeah. were terrible the first two games. Absolutely. And then yeah, and everybody then, thought that. And yeah. then they just, they got their legs under them and, and, they're very fun to watch. I'll tell you that. They are. Yeah, they are. Yeah, you know, a lot of talent. And they added some nice pieces too. They added. They got some nice, 
Fitzgerald, Tom Fitzgerald's doing a great job locking guys up long term and some yeah. good young guys. Nico Heischer, I said it from the get go, even before Hughes got there. This kid's probably going to be a 15 year, you know, if he's on your second line, he'd be a great 15 year guy in the NHL on your second line. Yeah. yeah. Right. And he's, he's, a very, he's a very good player. He is. And for what he does, he's one of the best at it. He yep. really is. Yep. Uh, I, I love Heischer. Yeah, what he, about Hughes? I mean, this guy, generational so talent, right? I mean, he's this so kid's so amazing. You know what? In, in that Rangers series, a lot of people don't realize this, but it was game one, right? And it, it, it didn't mean anything, but it meant something. Mm-hmm. That penalty shot that he got, yes. he came in and buried that. Yes, if he right. doesn't, I guarantee you, if he doesn't score that. Sturkin's confidence goes up. Series. Yep. Even though it, it was, it was, you know, the game ended up four to one, but he came in, buried it, and you know what I mean. Didn't celebrate or anything. But if he doesn't score that goal, I bet you the Rangers win that series. Yeah, yeah you're probably meant, right. Meant, awesome. Didn't mean anything, but it meant something. It's you know? one of the best goalies in the league. But Hughes has Shesterkin's number, and he has kind of in the regular season, yeah. but in the playoffs, that was huge because there's nothing like owning a, a, a goalie when you score on the penalty shot. That's it. You own yep. him now. Yep. Even though, like I said, it was four nothing. It was like, but that was. Uh, Tell me about it, man. We're happy. We don't have to talk about that. How great was that? That was like our Stanley Cup. We didn't give a shit after that. That's right. That's what we said. That's what we said. It was so now, weird. Now we want, yeah. what now do you we think want about the goaltending. Yeah, what do you think about the goaltending in New Jersey? Is that, I guess, the biggest question mark? Yeah, everybody's talking about it, you know, but we'll see what they do. If they run with Schmidt or, I mean, they got two good, solid goalies, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so, I mean, we'll see what happens. Like I said, the, the, the decors are really good. The forwards are really good. The goalies are solid. I mean, that's the question mark. If there's any question mark about the Devils, that's that's it. I think that position has probably changed more than any other since you played. Is the goaltending just the style? It's like so homogenous. Like so many guys play the same goaltending style today, uh, as opposed to like you had the hybrid guys and you still had some stand ups when you were getting in there. Uh, but also the size. They're not looking at like you know drafting. They're not Chris Terrari. goalies. Yeah, it's like Terrari <laughs> wouldn't make it in today's league. It's kind of crazy. I like they do. You know, favor players now of average height if they can scoring ability and stuff. But uh, the goaltenders are not in with that crowd. They seem like they're going after the bigger guys only. Yeah, it's ridiculous. And the, and the, I still say their equipment's too big. Still, yeah. they're all they're all <laughs> huge, and their equipment's too big. You know what yeah, I mean? Definitely. So, but yeah, that's that's one position that it's these these kids are so good now, and they're so technically sound. You know? Yeah. They're almost like robots. But that's <laughs> yeah. the only question mark for the Devils. I mean, I'm excited to see if they get off to a good start. They just got to get off to a solid start. Absolutely. You know? it's and, the, uh, the division, the whole conference is too tight to have to be chasing yeah. after the holidays and everything. No, you want to get yourself into a nice position. Make sure you got that playoff spot locked up. No matter who gives a shit what the seed is, you guys proved it doesn't matter what your seed is. Yeah. Um, you know, so just get in. Make sure you're locked in. And it, unfortunately, I believe that with the goaltending issues, like we just talked about, that everybody else is talking about, if they stay with Schmidt and Vanacek, those are not going to be answered until the playoffs. Because all anyone's going to talk about is, yeah, yeah, Vanacek had a great regular year. Can he do it in the playoffs? So, you know, I, I'm a Schmidt guy. I like Schmidt. I think he uh, he definitely has the chops to be the future in this team. But I am a little bit skeptical about the goaltending, uh, you know, especially going into the playoffs. But hopefully, yeah, there was all those rumors playoffs. they were going to sign Hellebuck, but he wanted nine million bucks a year. Yeah, and he wants some crazy ass money. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I so. think you'd try and pull one of those uh, guys out of Boston. That's what I would do. You, you like swaying? They, right? they need a. They they need a, they need help, man. They need center help. Maybe Jim, go play with them again. They need some center help. 
Yeah, right. <laughs> Go jump up there. Well, you have your, your kids playing, right? You have uh, – is your son going into senior year at Penn State? Yeah, my, my oldest son, Jimmy Jr., is a senior at Penn State, and my youngest son's a freshman at ASU. Wow, nice. Yep. The two nicest hockey rinks in college hockey my boys are at. Oh, beautiful. <laughs> That's good. Very nice. Uh, Jim, Chris Unreal. was getting to it earlier. We were talking about you. We, are, we have to talk about the goal, right? Now, your brother was at that game in Detroit, correct? Yeah, that's right. my youngest brother John was at that game. Yeah, we couldn't hear a pin drop. It was great. I mean, what was yeah. it? Did you were you able to sleep that night afterwards? I mean, how I couldn't imagine the. Oh, buzz you know you what? As, especially as an American kid, it's like you know, it's like I, I you related to hitting a home run to win the game in the World Series, throwing a touchdown or catching a touchdown pass, hitting the game winning buzz. I mean, and to be on the ice, you know, minute and twenty whatever seconds left. Three. I mean, you know. I was just, you know, and you taught basic fundamentals. Go to the net, stop in front with your stick on the ice, and you'll score some goals. And lo and right. behold, you know, Garen took that shot, ripped it off Coffee's, you know, backside, and he's down. He put it up, go D to D, and just, it was awesome. I mean, it was, it, it was a pretty sick hey, feeling. You, you know, <laughs> Devil, uh, like younger Devil fans that maybe go back and they watch it, the importance of that goal. And that game, you you split with Detroit, and you're coming back up to Jersey now, and it's one one. It's a different series to be able to take oh, a yeah. two nothing lead coming in to finish off that sweep. That goal was so huge. That game was so huge. Yep. Uh, I mean, the last thing you want to do is come back one one. That's amazing. Yep. Yep. That's just that I mean, you game, dream about that. Shit. Hey, that that was the game that Stevens rocked Kozlov yes. too. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was a pivotal game, and that was the pivotal goal in the pivotal game in the series. Oh, it really was. That's what Steven, and you see Stevens point to the bench, you're next. Oh, yes. right. we, were, we were just talking about that, yep. Um, so was it? it? Go ahead, Chris. Sorry. Yeah, Tony. No, no, oh, no. Oh, I was just going to say, so I, I've been talking to the guys about this a few times that we really knew we were going to talk to you. What was Stevens like when you guys were taking those road trips, right? I know, I'm sure, like, was it was it total business, right? I heard, like, I've heard many times that he was a very serious dude. Like, you know, he could, he wasn't the loudest guy, right? But he would he kind of just controlled the room. Is that what was your um, thoughts on playing with Stevens? You know, we had a bunch of guys. We had a great mixture of guys. I mean, that 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 was a heavy. We had the the, the right amount of veterans, guys that have been around for a while, and like it was business. Like practice was unbelievable. Like there was no bullshit. Right. Like guys, right. those guys worked. You know what I mean? Like Scott Stevens, those guys that Claude Lemieux. Like that guy, hardest worker. He should be in the Hall of Fame, by the way. Yes, you know, yes. I love Guy Carbono. If Guy Carbono's in the Hall of Fame, Claude Lemieux should be in there. You're not wrong. You know? And I love. You know, but Lemieux never took – even Stefan Richet, people talk about him being a little flaky and all that. He showed up for practice and worked his ass off. Scott Stevens, though, you know, he, him and Danico, like, they were just men. Mm-hmm. I, you look back on that team, they were physically just, like, strong as an ox. And Stevens was just all business. And we'd lose a game. It doesn't matter what it was. Johnny McLean, you know, um, uh, you know, Bruce Driver, Dano, like, they weren't happy till we won again. You know what I mean? Like you're not losing right. two in a row, and if you lost two in a row, like no one's smiling. Right. Not till we won again. Like it was all business. Like that. Those guys were very serious. Nobody took days off, and it was like our practices were insane. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just intense, short, forty-five, fifty minutes. My mayor knew how to handle everybody. Uh, it was a veteran-laden team with the right mixture of, of you know middle-aged guys and some young guys. Yeah, it's a much you know, younger it's, league today. It seems like the average team has much more younger players and fewer veterans. Oh, totally, it's totally different. Yeah. That's from the CBA, the collective bargaining agreement. It's right. totally different now. Yeah, I mean, guys are coming in. They're in their 31, 32 years old. It's like they're done. Yeah, and, right. You know, uh, uh, was Stevens the best captain you ever you ever played for? Played um, with? 
or at yeah, least one he of was, he was awesome he was uh in a different way he just led by example right you know he led totally led by example we had a bunch of leaders on that team you know what i mean sure i mean he led by example everybody knew what was going on you know um he, how he was, was Lou? Was Lou like very involved with that team? Was Lou like right there? Because I you know you always hear the stories about Lou, and I've we've always oh, yeah. heard like the tales. Yeah, no, Lou, Lou had Lou. Lou knew. Make sure guys know that he didn't. You know, nobody messed around though. You know what I mean? It was in Lamar. I mean, listen, when what changed the Devils organization around big time was when he brought Lamar in. That changed the whole yeah, organization. I agree. Mm-hmm. That combination of Lou Lamarella and Jock Lamar and Larry Robinson changed the whole you know, mindset of the devil's organization. They just turn into a machine. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And Lemaire was just all about make the right decision. You could do whatever you want. Just make the right decision. Right. That's no, what you were a big Lou, part Lou. of it too, Jimmy. You definitely No, that's were. what I'm saying. Like, you know, uh, no. but Lou, Lou was, he's uh, to this day, you know, I still stay in touch with him. You know what I mean? He's the best. I mean, he's, he's what he's done to do what he's done for this long. Yeah. yeah. His age, he's still going. You know what I mean? He's, that, that's unbelievable. Absolutely. We're all Lou guys. Definitely. Now, uh, you're back in the fold with the Devils, you said? Yeah, back in the fold doing, you know, especially the events down in Ocean, Southern southern New Jersey, whatever. I show up, you know, do some alumni events and all that. You know, it's great. Very it's, cool. It keeps me in the loop, you know. Yeah, That's definitely. Great. Yeah, I know. Devils so when, when you were traded from the Devils, there was a three, there was a three-team trade, right? Do you remember, and you went to Vancouver. I think you played the same night that you got traded, actually. How was that, like, I know, I know back in the day, I'm sure, like, it's part of the game, but did that bother you leaving the de- like? Were you like, how did the, how did you feel basically? I mean, you had so much time? success, and it's your home state. It's got to mean something, right? Yeah, that was pretty weird. That was my first trade ever, and they talk about you know, you know, unless you're coming from juniors where you've been traded before or something like that, your first sort of, and I, I had a bad experience in Vancouver, and I don't blame it on anybody else but myself. You know what I mean? Uh, I got traded out there. I just I just never, you know, uh, like I said, that was the start of. I just never felt comfortable out there. Rick Lee was the head coach, great mm-hmm. guy, but a total players coach, a total opposite spectrum of how they did things in New Jersey. Right. And again, I never blamed anything on anybody but myself. I just didn't adjust. I didn't adjust well. <clears throat> you know, they gave me a chance. I, I, you know, I just didn't take advantage of it. I wasn't in the right mindset. You know what I mean? So, um, but yeah, that that was a, that was a tough one. I got literally traded to the furthest team away. Oh yeah, right. <laughs> and, they, and they were they had a they, they were they were coming out the they were sort of falling apart a little bit. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah, after '94, yeah, things yeah. were going downhill after that. They had all this talent and everything, but it I don't just, think they figured uh, it out yet. No, you know what yeah, I mean? even that now. Team, <laughs> oh, that team was pretty sick. The talent they had: McGillney, mm-hmm. Murray. Kirkie Lume, Russ. Yeah, Burkett, they were amazing. This goes on and on. Kirk McLean, mm-hmm. ex Devil. Yes, right? yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. That, you know, um, but yeah, that was that was a tough one. And then it took me a little bit, but then I had to get my head out of my rear end, get my, my head on straight. And like I said, I firmly believe you get your mind right, your body right through proper nutrition. Forget hockey; life in general works a heck of a lot easier. Absolutely. Next, awesome. And then I'm Jim, back. All those guys with the Devils, they were in sick shape. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. You know. Back then? Yeah. Oh, those yeah. guys were, were in unbelievable shape. Tom Chorsky, the list goes on and on. All those guys. Bobby and you Holden. wound up you wound up back with Lemaire with Minnesota. Yeah, Minnesota. I played for him for yeah. Seven years. I played for him yeah. for seven years. Four years in Minnesota. I was captain for him there. He was great. Yeah, I like that the Wild does have these weird New Jersey ties. Even today with Billy Garner okay. being the GM yeah. up there, you know. Parisi, a bunch of guys, you, yeah, Lemaire. Right. 
Yeah, there is some there's strange, weird little ties with Minnesota, which is pretty cool. So wait, so um, did any of you guys play hockey growing up or what? Uh, yeah, and I was playing men's leagues until about six months ago. So, yeah, just keeping it local. Did you play for the Tom Cooper Blackhawks? Uh, no, not not back in the day with that, but I spent a lot of time in that rink as an adult playing men's league, and it's been fun, that's for sure. I was at one time in uh, one of your younger brothers, I guess, played at, uh, was at some thing I was at in Wall, and uh, okay. that was cool. And my brother John, I'm the second yeah. one. Is that probably my brother John? Yep. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. about as athletically gifted as this pen, so I don't. I don't that know was probably anything. the best player I ever got to play <laughs> against. It. You know, uh, just mucking around in the men's league, and uh, he was pretty sick. I was happy to stop anything on him. It was fun. That's you fun. still playing? Uh, no, nah, if there's charity events or something like that, but you know, I, I I get my fill with the clinics and camps that I do. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's Jim, I have, awesome. I have one story I got to tell you because I have an experience with you about about I don't '97 actually. Okay, in Tampa, me and my sister. I followed your career. You know, I mean, you were yeah. one of those guys when you, after you left the Devils, I always followed. You played in Florida. Uh, so I was in Tampa. You played. This was a this was a week that you had played against the Panthers two nights before. You had tied the game. Abilene won the game. Um, and then the next day you came to Tampa, scored against Poopa. Um, but that day in Tampa, me and my sister went down to the rink, and I had a new Asbury Park Press. No, Remember the no doubting him now? Yeah, you yeah, with the yeah, cup yeah. on the centerfold. Yep. I brought it yep. over to you, man. You were totally cool. You gave us a stick after the game, man. Like oh, that's uh, funny. after the yeah, <laughs> dude. I just got to thank you. We never forgot that. My sister always, and that's one. You know, my sister she's always like, "I got Jim Dowd gave us a stick. He's so nice." And I was like, "Yeah, yeah dude. Funny, I got to say, man. Thanks." As a kid from Jersey, that was really cool, man. You know, like yeah, I said. Great. What I were you doing? What were you doing down in Tampa? Were you just? Uh, I'm. I moved to Tampa after. Yeah, I moved oh, to Tampa cool, eventually. Cool. My mom moved there. Yeah, so. You He's know. literally following your career. He's been shadowing yeah, you his, really, yeah. his whole life. I mean, if you turn it for this guy, you know who he is behind right you now. He's in point. Exactly. He's in, I hate to tell you that, but he's, he's yeah. in <laughs> just kidding. But I really, I really appreciated that, man. That was very cool. So I got to uh, say welcome, thanks. Man. That's great stuff. That's a good and, story, and dude, thank you so much for doing this, man. This was awesome. And it yeah. seriously was a ton of fun. Is there anything before we wrap it up that you want to plug, man? Anything you're doing here that you want no. to get a shout out to? You know what I mean? Just uh, like I said, just hit me up. I'm a... I'm, uh, my performance mindset, if you want to see what I do there, it's with youth Absolutely. athletes. It's jimdow.com, you know what I mean? And then, you know, just hit me up on Instagram or Facebook if you want to connect with me about the nutrition, you know. That's what I do. And, and we just, hope uh, to, you know, maybe throughout the season we get you back in, get a little feedback from uh, this 100%. season. And, uh, yeah, that would be Great. awesome, man. Amazing. Yeah. That would really be awesome, dude. Thank you so yep. much, Jim. We really appreciate it. Everybody, Stanley Cup champion, Mr. Jim Dow. All right. Thanks, Jim. Guys, I'm looking forward. We'll get some stuff going during the season. Absolutely, my man. Thank you so much. Thanks. All right. We really appreciate it. It's over, Johnny. It's over.